Hello, you little milk duds, and welcome to episode 118 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats, and today I am joined in Fort Lewis Studios by Carrie. Hello, Christmas. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say. Well, I didn't know what I was going to say either, but I felt like that that was pretty appropriate because uh, here we are, right? Yeah. I hoped you were going to say hello, Gatewood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, got some, uh, we got some fresh... Uh, I don't know what you call it. Fresh swag for the for the <laughs> bourbon room slash it's music area <laughs> slash podcast. It's a vintage. Sto- it's vintage. A vintage <laughs> swag. There you go. It's vintage historically fresh swag from two thousand two. Yes. Now our friend uh, f- friend uh, and co host of Bourbon Bad Opinions, uh, Sean. Mm-hmm. He works uh, at Special Collections at UK, mm-hmm. and he's all the time like getting stuff from there. Because I mean, it, the, the, sometimes they have like stuff that they might throw out or extra stuff or whatever. So yeah. you know, in in the the um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, wow, well, I'm uh, blank. My brain's gone totally blank. I have no idea. Um, I guess you know, so it doesn't go in the trash. Maybe. Sometimes he saves stuff. Oh, in the surplus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so he gave us, uh, he came on Sunday and he gave us a couple of uh, Gatewood for Congress <laughs> 2002 bumper stickers. I remember that campaign. Yeah, and I actually have a, a Gatewood uh, kind of like a yard sign type of That's thing. That's cool. I like too. That. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. But yeah, we've stuck the, the Gatewood sticker on the beer fridge. Oh, well, mag- it's on magnet. And then we put one on the Miss Pac-Man machine because I thought, how appropriate mm-hmm. you know how more not more appropriate that could not be oh yeah yeah it's definitely something that would have been up in like a like a smoky pool hall or something i feel like oh for sure and yeah. like if the burl had been around then yeah. like oh my god it, yes. they would have been everywhere yes. on the burl right it would have been wallpapered at the burl probably. oh yeah yeah for sure so i thought that was a very appropriate place to put that <laughs> yeah that's very cool i like that I definitely remember Gatewood um, and that campaign. Um, he was a he was a character. He was for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually did uh, Sean's mom's will or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he really was a legitimate practicing lawyer. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, he was a character and everything, but he actually was a legitimate <laughs> practicing lawyer. Yeah, he was just a little eccentric. Um, but yeah, that's a. That's funny. I enjoy that. I was in high school, so definitely remember some Gatewood. Oh yeah, how could you? If if you lived anywhere like in the Central Kentucky or Eastern Kentucky area <laughs> at that time, I mean, you know, you weren't getting away from it. No. He was always in the Fourth of July parade in Lexington. Very novelty. You know, yeah. he, you know, and his uh, his face is painted a mural on a building that's on New Circle Road that's across from uh, Green's Toyota. Oh. It used to be a smoke shop. I don't know what it is now. I'll have to pay attention the next time I drive by there, which isn't often. But, but you can, I know what you're like, it's about. right there. Like, you can see it from New Circle. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to turn in the parking lot or anything. Like, he's facing New Circle. Nice. But it's one of those murals that somebody did. And it's his, his big face. Mm-hmm. And I think he's smoking a cigar or something. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But if you don't know who Gatewood Galbraith is, just go look him up on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It'll be a good read for you. But yeah, I always like getting, anytime I can get like historical Lexington stuff like that, I'm taking mm-hmm. it for sure. I'll find somewhere to put it. Yeah. I feel like I made this uh, comparison off mic, but him running for Congress almost makes me feel like, or think of like Hunter S. Thompson maybe running for Congress, except he would be a lot more weird and out there. Oh, yeah. Than Gatewood was, but still, like, you want to talk about people that could win Lexington. Oh, yeah, for Those sure. Those two could have won, or I know Gatewood did win Lexington, but that would have been... That would have been a wild ride having Hunter S. Thompson as our uh, congressman. That would have been something. <laughs> like a lot of people, and you know, I don't want to get too, I don't, we don't want to get into politics no. or anything on the show, but uh, you know, you can check out Boots and Politics, which is the the, the sister show of GBS. You know, you can check that out, Quarter Till Never, uh, if you want to know more. But you know, a lot of people, a lot of people wanted Gatewood to run for mayor. They thought he would have like oh, yeah. really done well as mayor, but mm-hmm. I think he just wanted. He wanted to be on a more national stage with his, which with his platform, which again you can look up on Wikipedia if you sure. wish. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, but he was. I mean, he was an extremely, I think, fun, popular 
political figure, at least I think in Lexington and yeah, probably parts yeah. of Eastern Kentucky too. Yeah. And you've probably seen his like car online or pictures of it that he would do that parade in. And it was like, yeah, like covered in like bumper stickers mm-hmm. and paint. And I'm stuff, surprised. So. Uh, and you know, we'll go, go on sure. to food topics or whatnot, but I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that nobody's made a movie yet especially locally you know i mean i i feel like maybe there's been a documentary or something like that i feel like maybe when he was alive there was a documentary but you would think that his life would have would have would lend itself to like a a movie like a biopic right well we know a person i'm telling you let's try to make it work i I think you know especially if you did it locally yeah I, i i love that idea yeah that's a good one yeah, I'm gonna put that in a, a that bug in our filmmakers. Yeah, here. do it. See what we can get started. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, nearing Christmas. There's only one more episode of this show before Christmas. After this one. Yeah, there is. <clears throat> so hopefully we'll have something fun and Christmassy to do on that one if my plan goes accordingly to plan. According to plan. The plan <laughs> goes to the plan. Yeah. The plan. <laughs> the plan. Uh, the plan. <laughs> So that one ought to be fun, but yeah, it's a it's definitely the season. Um, I have my Christmas tree up. We don't, which is new. Yeah, for me. Uh, you know, we're not feeling it. We well, I don't know. We probably should have done something last weekend, but you know, football, and yeah. it was the last weekend of college football, and UK was on at noon. You know, and yeah. even Friday there was games all day. True. So what do you what do you want what do you want? I gotta sit in my chair and watch the TV. I mean, I don't, you know, I understand. I'm not saying you have to. Sometimes I don't. I'm just like, you know what? I don't feel like it, and then I don't do it. And other times I just put the tree up there and go, it's fine like that. And then other times, like this time, I actually put ornaments on it. So huh. yes, it takes all of ten minutes, thankfully. So if it took longer than that, I wouldn't fool. But, you know, it's there. It provides me light by my desk. So oh, there it's you go. twofold. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's a win-win. It truly is. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if we do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it doesn't feel Christmassy. I don't know. Although it's been cold this week. This is the first time well, it's It's 60 cold. degrees out now. <laughs> On Monday, it was 30 degrees. I and I even had my big winter coat on leaving the hospital. And it was still too cold because it was windy. But I uh, took my breath away, literally. You know, it's whatever. It's that time of year. <laughs> Can't breathe. Who can breathe? And now it's going to be 60 degrees. Yep. <sighs> love this. I love being in Kentucky. It's great. Although... Here's a secret for the listener. This is being recorded early because I'm going <gasps> dun, dun, dun. to California. So maybe I won't have allergies in California. Mm, you probably will. Maybe they'll be less. So maybe I can breathe there. I'm not We're not having a good breathing week. Going so. back to Cali. Cali. Yeah. Cali. You know the song? Yeah. LL Cool J? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I do know that one. There's a lot of good songs about Cali out there. Um, maybe I'll listen to all of them on the way. Probably not, but you never know. I could get bored. It's a long flight. Um, so yeah. I I just really hope that you don't have terror tales from the airlines. (laughs) Me too. I'd rather we didn't. Um, I haven't flown in years and years and years, so I don't want to say I'm nervous, but once I get past the security part, I'll be fine. Um... But that's what's holding me up because we're not checking any bags, so we're cramming smart. them all into carry-ons. Yeah, it's it's that's smart. But you know, I I I would always I worry about a delay mm. um, and whatnot because you're you're flying you're not flying out of Lexington, right? No. Yeah. So I don't know, but you got to go through Atlanta, correct? Mm-hmm. That's and you know Atlanta Airport. That's a that's a big airport. Yeah, I got an alert today that they're doing construction, so they'll be. Even more delays. But I will say that their transit system that they have at said airport is really good. Nice. I'll probably be using it. Um, so yeah, it'll be a it'll be an interesting tale from from the conference. But um, well, uh, I'm planning on having. Hopefully, they have some like good foods there Do that you, are different from here. Are you gonna try to eat at the airport at all? It depends. 
On the way there, we only have like an hour and a half layover. But on the way back, we have like almost a three hour layover. So that's, and it's in Atlanta again. So that's when we could probably do some exploring. But the plan tentatively is to go to Disneyland on the last day. So there's a lot of like, uh, just randomly on YouTube, like a like video popped up and it was someone um, trying all the new like holiday festive foods at Disneyland from like a couple of weeks ago. So it's like they knew that I was thinking in my head about going to Disneyland. So I would, I want to go there and try like a bunch of the food at Disneyland. And then we're going to a fancy steakhouse one night, I know. And then uh, we're going to a reception, so that won't be anything cool food-wise. But I am curious about what they have, like, around the venue, because they have, like, a cafeteria kind of deal inside, but outside they're having, like, a bunch of food trucks. So I'm hoping that that's, like, some fun local, like, cuisine there. Maybe some, like, authentic Mexican stuff, hopefully. Probably not. But uh, we'll see. uh, We've been, like, in meetings about it all week, but it's, like the biggest pharmacy thing you could go to. So hoping to see some interesting things and try some interesting food. But I'll keep you abreast of the situation. Yeah, because airport food just tastes different when you eat food in the airport. <laughs> I think it does <laughs> it, anyway. It different. And, you know, it's really disappointing because back, you know, back before everything, well, you know, back before certain events took place, mm-hmm. um, you used to just be able to roll up in the airport and just go and eat. Like, it didn't matter. Like, you could... I know people that I went to high school with, you just go to the airport to go to McDonald's because it was it was literally it was, it was as close as to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Because you could either go to the airport and go to the McDonald's, or you could drive all the way to Flippin' Florence and go to the McDonald's. That seems like too far for McDonald's. Um, but yeah, there's a one of the podcasts that I listen to sometimes, the host actually went on a date with somebody at the Gaffietti um, restaurant at the airport at, uh, not LAX, but I think at maybe John Wayne. Yeah, used to be able There's, to do that, yeah. Yeah, and they literally just, when it went through security, yeah. and was they were like, where are you going? And they were like, just to that restaurant. And they were like, what now? But they did it, so. Yeah, because you used to, you know, you, now you have to have a boarding pass and do mm-hmm. all that stuff. That you absolutely cannot get through security without a boarding pass, which, uh, fair. Okay. Um, but, yeah, back in the day, man, you could just go in there. You could just watch. People go in there and watch planes take off and land mm-hmm. all day long. And there's all kinds of cool stuff at the airport. If you're looking for that, by the way, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. There's, like, live airport trackers yeah. that are popping up on yeah. my feed for some reason. I've never watched them. But, yeah, you can watch from Atlanta or LAX or all of them, I guess, we used, if you're so inclined. We used to drive out. There used to be spots you could park and watch them come in and land and take off mm-hmm. right next to the fence. Can't, I, don't, wow. I don't think you can do that anymore. Probably not. Uh, when I was going, we can just transition right into a, somewhere where I ate this past weekend. Uh, a friend and I were going to the castle for brunch. And as we were, a plane was landing at the airport, but it was literally, like, right over top of our heads when we were hitting Keeneland and scared the crap out of my friend, and we laughed. But, uh, but yeah, um, I hadn't been to the castle since uh, early 2020. It's uh, under different ownership now, I think. But it was pretty good. It's uh, going to a birthday brunch. So if you've never heard of the castle or don't live in, like, central Kentucky, there's just a castle that's been out there for what 50 or 60 years now um i don't it in the 70s so i think the guy started building it for his wife yeah, probably in the in. 70s or like the early 80s yeah. or something like that and then they got divorced mm-hmm. and then he actually the story that i've always heard and i've never looked it up and again go look it up on wikipedia but the story that i always heard when we lived around here and you drive by it and there was always a for sale sign yes. on the fence right yep i always heard that the guy lived in western kentucky and he had a t- crap ton of money, but like nobody ever knew exactly what his name was. Hmm. Um, so, and every time that somebody would make an offer, he would refuse to sell. Hmm. And I don't know if he died and that's what happened when they sold it or if he just finally sold it. But I, I know, know like all through the 90s, Early two thousands, mid two thousand. I don't remember when it was when it sold and they renovated it and all because it caught fire. Y'all do remember, right? That. Mm-hmm. 
it caught on fire at one point, I think when they were doing the renovations to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember why the guy finally sold it. But it was always, there was always a for sale sign on the fence. And people said if you called the number, like, I don't I don't know. Anyway, the bottom line is I had always heard the guy was super eccentric. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever knew exactly who he was. Maybe they found out later, but mm-hmm. that he absolutely just kept refusing to sell. Weird. Why have a for sale sign up if you're not going to sell? Well, you if know? you got that much money and you're eccentric, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, I guess anybody can put a for sale sign in the yard. But, um, yeah, I used to drive by that castle all the time as a kid, like, going to, like, family functions that were off the Bluegrass Parkway and just being like, why is there a castle there? This is weird. It's like an abandoned, halfway-built castle, and no one knows why. But now it's a restaurant. Um, And a hotel. And a hotel. And, like, a a bar up on the rooftop, and Mm -hmm. there's a farm, and they got all kinds of stuff going on over there. So, and they encourage you after your meal to actually, like go up on the roof and look around or go kind of like peek around upstairs in the hotel area not like going to people's rooms obviously but like kind of check everything out and then they do have a farm everything that they make at the restaurant is truly farm to table they have a whole like garden where they get all the vegetables from they have goats and chickens so they get like their eggs and like you can get, I guess, goat's milk and goat's cheese or something. I'm not sure. But everything's super fresh, um, super nice. It's a really nice place. Have you been there to eat before? I've been there once. They have bees too, right? They have their own bees and like their own honey. I think Possibly. they have a, oh, is, it a, is that called an apiary? Yes. Yeah, an apiary on the roof, I think. Oh, interesting. I think. But I know that they have bees and they make their own hmm. honey. Um, I have been there one time and I've eaten there one time, but it wasn't in the restaurant. We had like a, a, a department retreat thing there. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a department retreat in that area, and then we went there for lunch. But it was more like one of those kind of like company department retreat buffet. It, 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 so it wasn't really in the restaurant. So I haven't mm-hmm. ever eaten like in the restaurant. Yeah. But we toured the castle and we looked at the rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a pretty neat little place. Um, it's all fancied up for Christmas now, so of course, you know, my bougie group of friends would have to take a bunch of um, girls' pictures in front of the Christmas tree or whatever. But but we were all fancied up for the castle, and our we had like a big party, so it was in like one of the little tower rooms at oh, the bottom. So uh-huh. it was like a big round room that we oh, had to cool. sit in. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I had a ham and brie sandwich. Um, it was good. It was pretty sweet. Uh, and it was on focaccia bread, but I guess I'm used to a more springy focaccia bread, so it was a little bit um, denser than what I'm used to, but it was still good. Uh, it comes with fries, so they had decent fries, but uh, it's just like a lot of food for 10 a.m. <laughs> so would you say like the atmosphere and everything was a little bit better than the food? The food was okay, right? Yeah, it was the food, fine. The food's fine. Um, it's not like mind-blowing, I would say. Like a couple people got steak and eggs, and then... Someone got like a breakfast hash and then they had like a traditional breakfast, but it all looked good. I almost wish I'd gotten steak and eggs um, just because I don't eat that very often. But yeah, it was good food. I mean, I don't think you'll be disappointed if you go there. Um, We got like like a cornbread appetizer, but it was sweet cornbread. And then it had, um, what did it have on it? Some sort of like maple syrup thing and then it had blueberries and... Um, so that was pretty good. But yeah, it was good. Um, the ambiance is honestly why you'd go there. Just because it's very fancy. Yeah. Um, it's not like the fanciest place. Like people, some people were dressed up, some people were not. There's not like a dress code or anything, but it's definitely, um, a unique place for Lexington. That's. Because they have, uh, well, they they have dinner there too, I think, right? And is it, it's it's reservation, but anybody can go. Like, you don't have to be staying there or something like that. You can just go and eat and leave. Yep. Yep. That's all I've ever done there. Um, When I went there in, like, February of 2020, they had different ownership at the time. And they had a different menu. So, the brunch menu they had then had... I think it had more unique kind of things on mm. it. Like, I had a scotch egg when I was there, which, who sells that around here? Nobody anymore since the pub closed. Yeah. R.I.P. the pub. Right. So, like, if you're not aware of what that is, it's just 
like a boil, a hard boiled egg wrapped in meat, sausage usually, yeah, yeah. and then um, cooked like that. So breadcrumbs, yeah, kind of like deep fried a little bit mm-hmm. in the in the deep in the crumbs and all that stuff. And then it was good. See, that's that was appealing to me. Like, oh my gosh, a Scotch egg! I've never had one. Right? But yeah, I mean, it was still good. I'm not saying it's not good, but um, it's it's brunch, so. Brunches aren't. I love brunch, but they're not like mind blowing by any means. Yeah, yeah. So, but still check it out. It's honestly not expensive. Um, like I had already looked at the menu when we got there, but when we all sat down, people were like, "Oh my, this is this is kind of cheap for brunch." I think my meal was sixteen dollars. Yeah, that is cheap for brunch. Yeah, um, their dinner is not as cheap. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. but it is dinner. So yeah, definitely check that out if you're looking for like a nice place to have a dinner or Just something different. Or something celebratory, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think you can go on their website and make a reservation, but the service was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are really nice. I have a gift shop you can go to mm-hmm. as well and kind of look around. So yeah, check it out. Faux show. Um, but yeah, for my birthday too, we went to Big Kahuna. We did. After the last episode. And I didn't even drop my Masubi in the... In the uh, bucket of cleaner. <laughs> Not this time, but there's always then other time. Um, but it's always good. I've never had a bad meal from there. No, and now they have that uh, we the upstairs dining area. Yeah, it's like double yeah. the seating now. Yeah, which is good because it's too cold to eat outside. Yep, it's really nice. So we we didn't eat upstairs. We ate in the downstairs part, but we walked upstairs, and it it is. It's really nice. They got tables up there, and they got a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure recommend. Just for the spam, I can't, again, I can't say enough about the spam and soupy. Spam is good. Yeah, but the fish sandwich I have is really good. Yep. And they actually do, I didn't, I just had a Coke, but um, they actually do have a really good deal on old style cans for a dollar. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't notice that. And I think I heard the guy at the bar saying, because there was a guy sitting at the bar, I don't know if he was waiting on food or what, but he was talking to somebody else and I heard him say that they also had Hootie, Hootie Hold. Cutie oh delight God. cans for a dollar. I haven't thought about Hootie right? in years. But I mean, that's a deal. Old style for a dollar. Hootie for a dollar. Yeah. It's down from two dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's not one you see around Lexington, though, a lot. I think when I would see it, it was up in like Cincinnati yeah. and like Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Like we'd go to like the Southgate house mm-hmm. and whatever other place we used to go to in Covington from but time to time. That's a lot of food and, and, you know, it's a lot of food and a lot of beer if you want for really not that much money. No, it's also cheap. Um, and great food. Like, food doesn't have to be expensive to be good. Mm-mm. As a matter of fact, it's probably better when it's cheaper. Um, but yeah, if you haven't checked out Big Kahuna, we've eaten there a hundred times. And we talk about it every time. And it's never bad. It's always nope. good. It's never, it's never disappointed. Nope. I will say that. He's never disappointed. No. Nope. And they'll let you get as many spam as subies as you want. That is true. You so, got three yep. of that one time, and it was yep. glorious. You're going to pay for them? They'll give them to you. Yeah, they'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> and if you drop it in the cleaner bucket, <laughs> they'll replace free. it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just good um it's good business. customer service. Yes. Yeah. I almost said that's good sportsmanship. <laughs> well, it is good sportsmanship. <laughs> Technically, yes, it is. I mean, well, sure, why not? Great, um, great sportsmanship. I had another birthday dinner, too, at the Merrick Inn. So. so we went there for brunch, remember? Yes. That one time was good. We really enjoyed it. Like so it. how was the dinner? I mean, I always loved the dinner at the Merrick Inn. Um, and I usually get the like chicken dinner, the fried chicken dinner when I'm there. But like their normal dinner is four pieces of chicken. It's a half chicken and a bunch of sides. And yeah, that can be a lot of food. But the special that night was two-piece chicken dinner. Ooh, so that's what I got. Okay. Two piece uh, dark meat fried chicken dinner mm. was mwah. thighs. Um, a thigh and a wing. I oh, think. okay. So is there is there because you know they're under we've talked about how they were under new management under mm-hmm. new ownership all of that is their chicken pretty much still the same? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, it was really good. They have some of the best fried chicken in town, if not the best fried chicken for like a fancier restaurant. Um, if you just want. Quick, cheap fried chicken, though. Go to Grimes or Indy's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, I had Grimes the other day, too. Oh, so good. It is good. Um, but, yeah, American was good as always. They had, I know we had that really good drink when we were there. The really smoky um, old Yeah, old-fashioned. Old fashioned. I had, 
It has a name, and I forgot it. But it was basically a whiskey sour with red wine on top. Interesting. Yeah, it was good. Hmm. Um, I might try to look up the name here in a minute, but um, whatever it's called, if you see that on the menu, <laughs> if you go anytime soon, you should try it. It was, yeah. it was tasty. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't give you that like wine hangover or anything, so huh. it's perfect. Cool. Um, yeah, and then I left with some bread pudding. Um, they had the Reese Cup one, and that's my favorite one. So, and I didn't even tell them it was my birthday, so I didn't get that yeah. embarrassing whatever, because it was packed. Really? Like, we got there, like, because of reservation times, and I made it the day before. I had to go at 5.30, mm. and it was pretty empty. But by the time we left, mm. it was, like, wall-to-wall people in there, mm. which was, I mean, it's the day before Thanksgiving, but that's, like, the day everybody goes out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, it truly is. I mean, it was an older crowd, like our yeah. real old crowd. <laughs> but that is kind of what you get when you go to American, though. It's that is also a true. A lot of really old people hang out there, and that's fine. They need to have somewhere to hang out, and that's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> they can leave the house on occasion, too. It's okay. Sometimes. So, uh, just they, they get like three leaving the houses per month. Yeah, and they have to take one of them to the American. There you go. Um, but yeah, it was good. Another Lexington staple that if you haven't been to you should and part of the bluegrass conspiracy yeah it's true you should also read up on that if you're looking for something interesting during this holiday season (laughs) (laughs) really holiday yes you know we like to keep it on brand here invoke the invoke the spirit of giving true i don't know did you go anywhere um well b-dubs because uh but we went to b-dubs okay so let me back up okay. we went to b-dubs to watch football mm-hmm. right because because honestly john and i have have sussed this out we talked about it we had a discussion about this okay, okay. so you know when you go out especially during college football season you want to be you want to be able to see as many games as possible Right. Right. And because if I'm if I'm going out, I want to see as many games as possible because I can frankly stay in my house and watch multiview. You know, I mean I get to four games at once, right? So we decided that we wanted to honor Stuart by going to BW three to watch the Iron Bowl, right? Okay. So we had we decided to go to B dubs. I'm getting off track here. Because um we had narrowed it down. We said, Okay, there are several sports bars in town, right? And the of the ones that we go to, mm-hmm. Banners is decent, but we always like to sit at the bar, and we sit at the bar, you're only getting like a couple of TVs, yep. right? Shamrocks, again, very good. We yep. love Shamrocks, sure. one of our favorite places ever. Yep. We we usually sit in the dining area, lots of TVs around, but you kind of got to situate yourself, you know, and whatever. Yeah. Double Dogs. Again, love Double Dogs, but... When you sit at the bar at Double Dogs, you can only see like the one giant TV over the bar. Yeah. And that's just no good. It's mm-hmm. no good, right? Right. So we really came to the conclusion that B-Dubs was the best place to go because you sit in the bar area, you can see multiple, multiple TVs, right? And it's not, it wasn't crowded at all. That's interesting to me though. It's not very crowded. No. So we're sitting there and, uh, you know, we're ordering just kind of just around like nachos and wings and stuff like that. And so I decided I want some cheese curds. Mm-hmm. And so I order some cheese curds. And it comes with like some kind of like smoky ranch chipotle sauce, which is fine. So the dude that was waiting on us, super nice guy, super cool. And he's like, so this is a hinky pro tip. He's okay. like, hey, have you ever tried those with caramel sauce? And I said, no, but I'm willing to. <laughs> but if you bring me some, I'll try Right? It. And so he goes, okay, I'm going to hook you up. So he brings out a little a little thing of the caramel sauce. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. <laughs> Whoa. Game changer good. So the batter that they put on the cheese curds, mm-hmm. when you dipped it in the caramel sauce, tasted like funnel cake. Oh. So now you're getting salty, cheesy, funnel cakey, caramely goodness. That does sound good. I'm telling you. And I was like, dude, you did not steer me wrong. You know what that's kind of make me think of? Apple pie with cheese on top. Maybe. um, Yeah, maybe a little bit, I guess. But but yeah, like he was not wrong. Hmm. He was not wrong. Interesting. Now I kind of want B-dubs. I do like their wings. Yeah, I like B-dubs. I don't really have an issue with them. Um, Just... Sometimes it's a little hit or miss. It can be, but to, but to tell you the truth, if you're going to go there, 
that's the that really is like the best place to to like watch multiple games yeah. at once. I mean, and as long you know, if there's not a, sh- a crap ton of people in there, like you can pretty much get them to put any game that you want on mm-hmm. one on one at least one of the TVs. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Cool. But yes, that cheese curds with caramel sauce. Holy shnikes. <laughs> That is a good hinky pro tip. It really, it really, is. and it wasn't just because I had like had beers or whatever. It legitimately was good. Okay. Now I'm gonna have to try it. Yeah, would get again. Maybe I'll have that for dinner. We'll find out. <laughs> um, that just made me think of I don't. Oh, you said funnel cake, and that just made me think. I was watching a Try Guys video yesterday, and it was Keith tries all the food at Six Flags. Oh wow! And uh, all the food at Six Flags sucks. <laughs> Well, you remember that guy a couple of years ago who had that season pass, mm-hmm. and what he was doing was he, and part of it was he could eat for free on the season pass. Yeah. So he would go there and he would eat lunch, and then he would go and eat dinner. Yikes! Yeah, you didn't ever hear that story. I don't think so. No. Yeah, and then uh, Six Flags turned off that particular feature. <laughs> <laughs> well, he must have been eating crappy food then. Because um, well, it was being described as a lot of cafeteria type food, yeah. or like, like most of the places were closed, even though the park was open. And- but I think this guy was like single, so actually, it saved him a lot of money, mm. and like saved him a lot of time and stuff because yeah. then he would just stop there and get food and then go on his way. True, I guess. I mean, you already prepaid for it, so mm-hmm. you don't have to have any cash on you. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, probably wouldn't do that with Six Flags, but. That'd be funny if you like, like if you lived near like Disneyland or near a better theme park. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, we used to go to Six Flags when it was Kentucky Kingdom, mm-hmm. or, um, when it was Kentucky Kingdom, and then it was Six Flags, and now I don't know what it is, but yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm more excited for the Disneyland food than I would be for Six Flags. Food. Yeah, just be ready for prices. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Well, you can get a pass. You can spend like I think sixty three dollars and get like a pass for the whole day, and you have all these little tickets you can pull off and just do that in exchange for the food. And it's supposed to be cheaper. Because so I feel like I've that. seen people do videos at other places, or maybe there or something that was like they got a pass, but it was like only good for two hours. Mm. So you better you had to get the movement on the food. Um, this one I don't think was that way, but um, it ended up being like every little ticket you tore off of it was worth seven dollars and sixty three cents or something. So you had to spend at least that much to get mm. your money's worth out of mm-hmm. it. But um, most of the things that they were eating there were not. Super expensive. Okay. Yeah. Which was surprising. I'll be interested to hear about it. So if we end up going, I'll report back. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I just kind of been eating a little bit around here and there. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. No nope. Doodles. Yeah. Like doodles. Yeah. What else did I have? I ordered something yesterday and I don't remember what it was. Uh, hold on. I'll think of it. Deviate. Oh, kitchen. yeah. Yeah. I've never eaten there. I've wanted to eat their brunch. You've still never eaten there? Mm-mm. We'll have to go sometime. It's good. I got a... Um, I just got an egg and bacon and cheese sandwich, and then I got um, uh, the cinnamon roll. Okay. I'm also having trouble thinking, apparently, today. Um, but the cinnamon rolls are really good. They're giant. I've heard good things about their they're cinnamon flaky, rolls. They're like, They're not like a normal cinnamon roll, but they're very good, and you put them in the microwave and warm them up a little mm-hmm. bit. Very tasty. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a, a lot of food stuff. There yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, what else I think is a lot of fun and food stuffy? Um, reading some articles. I always like reading articles. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, I didn't want to do anything like Christmassy this episode because it's still kind of far off from Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um but I did find this thing from sports.com, and it's uh, the best hot chocolate mix. Okay. So, it's I mean, it is hot chocolate season. Yeah, it's getting cold. It's 60 yeah. degrees out, but you can still drink hot chocolate. Oh, you can drink hot chocolate <laughs> anytime, really. It's true. Um, so, this one is just like a compilation of like the six best hot chocolates you can get at any of your local grocery Oh, okay. So, I'm not going to read like the little articles or whatever. But we'll just start with the number six slot here. This is Lando Lakes Chocolate Supreme. Never heard, did did not know that Butter Butter Queen made hot chocolate. 
Me neither, but apparently they did this list before and their readers ripped them a new one for not putting this on there. Never heard of it. Um, And not just one Lando likes chocolate. Uh, I'll see. Apparently there's several different flavors. Is it in the butter aisle? Uh, I guess it's in the hot chocolate aisle. Weird. It says we were absolutely reamed by sport readers for not trying Lando Lake's hot chocolate mix in the first huh. round of our taste test. This time around, we made sure to try it. And not just one Lando Lake's hot chocolate mix, all of them. Every single flavor. And we thought they were good. It's not the best hot chocolate mix, but we liked it. Uh, their favorite was Chocolate Supreme. Who knew? When made with milk, it's rich and decently chocolatey. All right. Lando Lake's isn't just a butter company, people. Okay. Okay. Number Apparently. five... Mm-hmm. was Swiss Miss Indulgent Collection Dark Chocolates. Ooh. I mean, who doesn't like a Swiss Miss? Oh, yeah, I like a good Swiss Miss. Honestly, um, way back in the day at another place that I worked, someone put me on to, because, you know, we had, like, the big industrial coffee maker mm-hmm. with, like, the real crappy coffee mm-hmm. in it. Um, but if you put a packet of Swiss Miss in it, in your crappy coffee, that, like, really elevated it. Nice. So, another hinky pro tip. Nice. Put hot chocolate in your coffee. Okay, I like a good Swiss Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this was the best hot chocolate to pick up if you want a more grown-up version of a childhood favorite, dark and indulgent. Um, it keeps coming back for sip after sip. Um, so, yeah, that's a fancier one. I'd try it. I like mm-hmm. some, hot, or yeah, some yeah. dark chocolate. Yeah. Uh, number four, great value, hot chocolate, hot cocoa mix. You go, Walmart. Yeah, getting a little Walmart mix in here. If hot cocoa isn't a once-in-a-while treat for you, but a regular everyday beverage, then you should stock up on a few tubs of Walmart signature mix. It's a solid football game-style hot chocolate. There, then that's what that's what you want. Yeah, like what you'd get at the concession stand. When they don't run out. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's terrifically creamy, even without any milk or actual cream, and it's definitely sweet. You don't get a ton of authentic chocolate flavor, but it will scratch a hot cocoa itch, making it the best on a budget. Okay, now we're getting the top three. Uh, number three, Good and Gather Salted Caramel Hot Cocoa Mix. So Good and Gather is the Target brand. Oh, of stuff. okay. So you have I don't go to Target. So yeah, so Good and Gather is Target. We're not allowed to shop at Target in this house. <laughs> I'm <laughs> this kidding. Is a I'm kidding. Family. I'm kidding. I mean, I don't care where you shop. Um, I might go to Target after this. Who knows? The night is young. Um, but their salted caramel is so rich, salty, and decadent. It tastes like something you'd get at a local coffee shop. Um, they also sell other chocolate mixes, like double chocolate and peppermint, which are good too, but this one is the one they like the most. Number two, Trader Joe's Organic Hot Cocoa Mix. Still never been. Never been. Well, no, I take that back. I've been like twice. It's all the way on Nicholasville Road. I'm not driving over there. Just the entrance just seems like too much yeah. to deal with. I'm not I'm not driving I'm sorry. I'm not driving over there. And even though I'm over technically on that side of town twice a week, mm-hmm. I'm on the other end of Nicholasville Road and I'm not driving down Nicholasville Road to go to Trader Joe's. I used to drive by it every day. Never went in. Yeah. Nope. Plus so I don't want to go by myself, I've said several times, mm. because it's overwhelming. I've heard it's overwhelming. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um, so I won't try this one because I won't go. But not only does Trader Joe's Cocoa have the best packaging, but the beloved slash cultish store also makes one of the best hot chocolate mix options you can buy. It's a nice cocoa flavor. It's sweet, but not obnoxiously so. Um, it has a flavor that stays with you with a pleasantly bittersweet finish. It's like a real good chocolate, and that makes it really good. And then number one, drumroll... Nestle Classic Rich Milk Chocolate Hot hmm. Cocoa Mix. Wow, okay, you go Nestle. Yeah, I've never tried that one. Uh, there's no better hot chocolate mix out there than Nestle Classic Rich Milk Chocolate Hot Cocoa Mix. Make it a longer name. Uh, it is truly the best hot chocolate mix you can buy nationwide at the grocery store. It's so rich and creamy and chocolatey. Even made with water, it tastes like it was made with whole milk. This makes it... A great, accessible, and money-saving option, but it wouldn't matter if you're the richest person in the world. This is still the best hot chocolate mix that we would recommend because it's really that good. Well, they obviously haven't had the salty caramel hot chocolate mix from Williams-Sonoma, or that would be number one. Oh, well, there you go. But to be fair, Williams-Sonoma is not a grocery store. It's not. Well, that's a pretty good list. Yeah. Had had some very accessible hot chocolates. Yeah, I think... Most of those you could get at any of your like local grocery stores. Oh yeah, stores. for sure. Yeah. Maybe not Trader Joe's or um, what was that other one? 
the well, well or the target or the one. target not everybody has, not everybody target. has yeah. a target not yeah. everybody has a trader joe's but everybody has a walmart sure Kroger. Yeah. the rest of these were like ralph's and kroger oh yeah yeah because it's based out of la so mm-hmm. they have ralph's and right LA. yeah um so yeah solid um, list good list yeah, I, I liked like it. it yeah yeah. And appropes for this time of year. It really is. And you know what that just leads us right into? Everybody, Everybody wants to try some food. Uh, Yeah, I have some Oreos on this very table. You do? That are hot cocoa flavored. Yeah. So it seemed like it would be the perfect time to shoehorn them in here. I like it. And make you eat them. Because <laughs> um, I know you're not the biggest fan of the Oreo. Well, I like the traditional Oreo. I'm not the biggest fan of the alternate flavored Oreos. Right. I, I liked, I did like the red velvet one. Mm-hmm. I like this one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it does kind of have that like cocoa flavor-ish to it. it. It's got that chocolatey flavor that I like. I think it's because it's like half regular it is, cream. It is. That's what and it the is. Half yeah. Chocolate, it kind yeah. of like has mm-hmm. that, like gives it that creaminess. Yeah. I like that. Chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, you know what? This is the second alternate flavor that I will approve of. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was good. Ooh, it would be nice to like dip these in some hot cocoa. Yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. Or just milk. Milk would be good too. I like um, dipping them in milk. But yes, hot cocoa would be good for those. Solid. Yeah. Those are pretty solid. Yeah. I don't normally like super like everything to be chocolatey like i like a regular oreo the best probably because mm-hmm. it it's not all chocolate um but this one this one's doing it for me because some of that regular cream is yeah, still there i liked it but like a triple chocolate cookie yeah no, 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 no. too much that's too much too much um so this is almost there but not quite that's still good good and then this past weekend um something else a place we ate that's not really a restaurant but um my two of my cousins ran a food truck back home in manchester it's called 606 kitchen if you are in the area and they come out about once a month or so and do something but they were set up at this little christmas market back home so me and my mom and my great aunt got in the car and tooled over there and had um, smoked bologna sandwiches and a pot roast sandwich from the truck can't go wrong Nope, and you can check out a picture of the bologna sandwich on Bluegrass Bourbon Eats. Yes, you can. I saw it. On Instagram. But we also went inside and shopped around and found this little booth that was selling freeze-dry, or dehydrated um, candy bars. Or freeze-dried, or whatever you want to call they're them. They're calling them freeze-dried. Yeah. So they're freeze-dried candies. They pretty much had any candy that you could think of. They were giving out samples, um, even like... Like, they were like, do you have any nut allergies or anything like that? Because I can give you, like, an Almond Joy or whatever. But um, that had just, like, a whole table, and it was, like, just name a candy. It was there, and it was freeze-dried. So we ended up with three things. I only brought two because my mom kept one of them. But she got um, freeze-dried Skittles. I got freeze-dried sour Skittles, which we brought here. I think the (laughs) freeze-drying intensified the sourness of those. Those things are sour. They're so good. I'm going to have to, like, post pictures of what they look like up close as freeze-dried because they exploded. The the freeze-drying is super cool because it just makes them crunchy, and it also makes them really light and airy. Yeah, and, like, the Skittles... When you freeze dry them, it's like all the the squishy in the middle like explodes. Yeah. So it's just a giant like white cloud in the middle of. And like, I think that's where the I think that's why it's intensified. Oh yeah. That sour is really intensified. And then the other one that I brought was milk duds. So Carrie is perplexed by the milk dud. They look like dried. they look like rocks. Mm-hmm. They really do. They look like they would be like break your teeth dense. They do, but they're not. They melt. In they your mouth. melt in your mouth. They're very light, <laughs> and it's great because you get all the milk dud flavor mm-hmm. without the pulling out of your teeth that the milk dud usually invokes. Yeah. Like, see, great. it's the best of both worlds. It is, and I love these because as a child, I was obsessed with the astronaut ice cream. Oh yeah, is yeah. that freeze dried ice cream or uh-huh. whatever? Um, because I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, that didn't work out. But yes, I was absolutely obsessed with the freeze-dried ice cream. Yeah, it was a cool concept. Yeah, it was. So this is kind of like, I like I really dig this. I like it. And these, these milk duds, I mean, they're legitimately good. I mean, the sour, the sour Skittles are good too, mm-hmm. but I'm just not a huge sour fan, right? Yeah. yeah. But the concept, and I'm really impressed with, with what they've done. Yeah, and the, the little company is called Hickory Hill farm yeah. and it that looks like that you can you can contact them they're in manchester mm-hmm. yeah the um lady's name she gave us her name 
uh, believe it's Martha Hubbard. I believe was her name that does it. Is her name on there? And no, it's her name is not on there. But it does say that the, the this product so was you know home produced and processed. So they're they're making this stuff at their house. And then they also have a email on here. I guess if you wanted to contact them, I guess I could say it on here. Sure. Right, Hickory Hill Freeze Dried at gmail.com yeah check out martha and her freeze-dried wares so yeah if you're in manchester or london or any of the surrounding areas and you know her or going to any little markets out there um definitely check her out that market was kind of cool because we have a lot of them here in mm-hmm. lexington right mm-hmm. and they have them like almost every weekend I feel yeah like, where people come and sell their mm-hmm. wares but it's never been a huge thing back home but actually, when my cousin and his wife moved back home, they, like, I'm guessing they got a bunch of people together and oh, started really, cool. like, ramping it yeah. up. Because my cousin's wife, I've put pictures of her ceramics on our Bluegrass Bourbon Eats page before, too. Uh, slab and Cedar Ceramics. But she makes, like, really cool coffee mugs and uh-huh. bowls and planters and stuff. So, um, she was there, like, headlining a big booth. And oh, then cool. these people were there. So, yeah. there was probably, like, 20 or 30 different vendors there. Oh, wow. And they're all from, like, the Manchester yeah. area. So, pretty cool to see them, like, getting together and doing that as a community and, like, having more community-centered things. Yeah, definitely. There. Yeah. That, like, brings a crowd out. But there was a, a ton of people there. It was packed. That's cool. So, that made me pretty happy to see. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely um, check out your local markets because I'm sure that all these small towns are moving to have something like this. For sure. But, yeah, this this is a really cool concept. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Very cool. So definitely check out any kind of freeze-dried treats that you may see here or there. Hickory Hill Farms. Yep. Very cool. cool. Alrighty. And now I think it might be time for uh, America's second favorite segment, the Hinky History Lesson. Yay. <laughs> All right. It's my turn um, to do this. And I'm just going to kind of like pick through this article. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it would be apropos of the season, not really just the Christmas season, like a holiday, cold weather drinking um, drink uh, that people might find. I don't know if you'll find it controversial, but I think people have opinions on it. Yeah. Uh, it's eggnog. Yeah. So. I like it. I like eggnog. Um, I grew up in a custard house, not an eggnog oh. house. Oh. And I'm still not fully sure what the difference is. Um, I think there's a slight difference. Yeah, I think mostly... I think it's the raw eggs, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. My mamma used to make custard from scratch mm-hmm. every winter, and so she would make like a big batch and give it to okay. everybody. Yeah, yeah, So that's why we were like a custard Custard household. house. But you can buy custard at the store, too, but you can much more prevalently find... Find eggnog. Eggnog. Yeah. You gotta search for the custard, but it's there, and if you see yeah. it, you should try it. Um, but anyway, eggnog is good, too. So this is just a Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. So we'll just pick around here and see what they got. So eggnog, historically known as a milk punch, or an egg milk punch when alcoholic beverages are added, is a rich, chilled, sweetened, dairy-based beverage. It's traditionally made with milk, cream, sugar, egg yolks, and whipped egg whites, which gives it its frothy texture and its name. A distilled spirit such as brandy, rum, whiskey, or bourbon is often a key ingredient. Um, it's thought to have started in the UK. So that's interesting. Throughout Canada, the United States, and some European countries, eggnog is traditionally consumed over the Christmas season from late October until the end of the holiday. A variety called uh, ponche crema. Ponche? I'm going to say ponche. There's okay. no little eh yeah. on the end. Has been made and consumed in Venezuela and Trinidad since the 1900s, also part of the Christmas season. During that time, commercially prepared eggnog is sold in grocery stores in these countries. I'm already seeing it. Kind of want to get some. Um, Eggnog is also homemade using milk, eggs, sugar, and flavorings and served with cinnamon or nutmeg. While eggnog is often chilled, in some cases it's warmed, particularly on cold days. No. 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 It says it's similar to the way mulled wine is served warm. No, mm, no, it's not similar. Miss me with that. Yeah, I'm gonna drink it just cold as ice. Yeah, straight out the <laughs> straight out the fridge. Yes, I'll have my mulled wine hot and my uh, eggnog, eggnog cold. cold. <laughs> eggnog or eggnog flavoring may also be added to other drinks such as coffee, tea, and to desserts such as egg custard puddings. 
Let's see. Uh, the Modern Bartender's Guide from 1878 lists very, many variant names for the drink. Distinguishes plain eggnog, egg milk punch, and milk punch from one another. It also includes variants such as Baltimore eggnog, General Jackson eggnog, Imperial eggnog, two types of sherry cobbler eggnog, as well as sherry cobbler with egg, mold claret with egg, egg sour, and a Saratoga egg lemonade, which is also called a sea breeze. Okay. <clears throat> I did not know this what a sea breeze was. I did not either. I've heard of one, but... Never heard of it. You've never heard of the sea breeze? Nope. Interesting. Um, the origins, etymology, and the ingredients used to make original eggnog drinks are debated. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, nog was a kind of strong beer brewed in East Anglia. The first known use of the word nog was in 1693. Alternatively, nog may stem from noggin, Middle English term for a small carved wooden mug used to serve alcohol. Hmm. I thought of a noggin as your brain, but yeah. yeah <laughs> a posset, a curdled beverage of milk in either wine or ale, was a popular beverage in Britain that may have been a precursor to eggnog. Some monks would add eggs and figs to posset. However, the British drink was also called an egg flip from the practice of flipping, rapidly pouring the mixture between two mi- pitchers to mix it. Huh. One dictionary lists the word eggnog as being an Americanism invented in 1765. Babson College professor Frederick Douglass Opie wrote that the term is a combination of two colonial slang words. Rum was referred to as grog. Bartenders served it in small wooden mugs called noggins. The drink first became known as egg and grog and later as eggnog. I, I like, like egg, egg and grog. Oh, let me uh, have a glass of egg and grog. Give me a, yeah, give me some egg and grog. <laughs> ben Zimmer, executive uh, editor for Vocabulary.com, disputes the egg and grog theory is lacking proof. He states that the term nog may be related to the Scottish term nug or nugged ale, meaning mm. ale warmed with a hot poker. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, let's see. I'm going to skip that one. While culinary, histori- culinary historians debate its exact lineage, most agree eggnog originated from the early medieval. A British drink called posset, which was made with hot milk, was curdled upon an ill and flavored with spices. In the Middle Ages, posset was used as cold and flu remedy. Posset was popular from Middle e- medieval times until the 19th century. Eggs were added to some posset recipes. According to Time Magazine, by the 13th century, mugs were, monks were known to drink a posset with eggs and figs. A 17th century recipe for My Lord of Carlisle's Sack Posset. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Nope. Pass. <laughs> Uses a heated mixture of cream, whole cinnamon, mace, nutmeg, 18 egg yolks, Holy 8 crap. egg whites, and 1 pint of sack wine, which is a fortified wine related to sherry. At the end, sugar, ambergris, and animal musk are served in. Ambergris, like, from the whale? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they used to make. Whale vomit, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole episode of Bob's Burgers about it. A posset was traditionally served in two-handled pots. The aristocracy had costly posset pots (laughs) made from silk. Say that five times fast. Posset pot, posset pot. Costly posset pots. (laughs) Costly posset pots. Eggnog was not only the mix is not the only mixed sweet and alcohol drink associated with the winter season. Mold wine or wassail is a drink made by the ancient Greeks and Romans with sweet and spiced wine. When the drink spread to Britain, the locals switched to more widely available alcohol, hard cider, to make their mold beverages. During the Victorian eras, Britain Britons drank pearl, a mixture of a heavy mixture of gin, warm beer, sugar, bitter herbs and spices. No. Blech. In the colonial area era in America, the drink was transformed into an ale and rum-based flip, warmed with a hot poker. In Britain, the drink was originally popular among the aristocracy, because milk, eggs, and sherry were foods of the yeah. wealthy, so eggnog was often used in toast to prosperity and good hill. Those who could afford milk and eggs and costly spirits milked or mixed the eggnog with brandy, Madeira wine, or sherry to make a similar drink modern to alcoholic. Make a drink similar to modern alcoholic eggnog. Sorry, I just had a stroke there. Um, do they have any information about current eggnog, like store eggnog, or when eggnog kind of became popular in you know buying it instead of making it yourself? I think in the so. modern commercial age, um, possibly. But I do want to read this one part. Okay, first. sure. Um, because I saw this the other day and thought mm-hmm. it was funny. Records show that the first U.S. president, George Washington, served an eggnog-like drink to visitors, which included 
included rye, whiskey, rum, and sherry. The president's recipe called for a variety of alcoholic beverages along with the dairy and egg ingredients. One quart cream, one quart milk, one dozen tablespoons sugar, (laughs) one pint brandy, half pint rye whiskey, half pint Jamaican rum, and a quarter pint sherry. Holy crap. (laughs) The recipe instructs cooks to mix the liquor first. Then separate yolks and whites of eggs. Add sugar to beaten yolks. Mix well. Add cream and sh- milk and cream, slowly beating. Beat whites of eggs until stiff and fold slowly into mixture. Let set in cool place for several days and taste frequently. Uh, does not specify how many eggs to use. It just says eggs. However, modern chefs estimate it was approximately one dozen eggs. Just use no eggs. How about just no <laughs> eggs and all the liquor? How about that? Let's see what else it says here. Um, Health and safety. No one cares about that. (laughs) We don't care about consuming raw eggs. Um, I wonder if it's under reception and consumption. Um, Eggnog has a polarized reception from food critics, chefs, and consumers. Esquire states that there doesn't seem to be a middle ground on eggnog. You either love it or hate it. That's true. Yeah. Time Magazine's Tristan Stevenson states that eggnog is popular because... It ticks every single one of the guilt pleasure boxes on account of being a little more than fat, sugar, and alcohol, which makes it so ludicrously delicious, a sort of alcoholic custard. That's true. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Consumption in the United States in 2019 was 53.5 million bottles purchased, and Americans spent $185 million on eggnog. Wow. The consumption of eggnog was down 42% since 1969. Okay. So, dang, almost twice as many people were, or just, like yeah. in the 60s, mm-hmm. I guess that was its heyday. Yeah. Probably the late 60s, early 70s. Man, that means people were spending almost $400 million on it. It's Amazon. crazy. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, the drink is more popular in the U.S. in the 2000s than in the U.K., despite the fact that it was developed in Britain and then transplanted to American colonies in the 1700s. As of 2014, Canadians are drinking less store-bought eggnog. They drank 5.3 million liters of commercial nog 2014's Christmas period. This is less than in 1994 when they drank 8 million liters. Some of the possible reasons for the decline in Canadian eggnog consumption could be concerns about raw eggs, (laughs) and health concerns regarding the fat and sugar content of the drink. Live a little. I have a raw egg here and there. You're not going to always die. Right? Not always. Yeah. Plus, I feel like the bacteria... Is on the shell, because that's the part coming out of the butt. Also, commercial eggnog is pasteurized. Yeah, they're not it's giving great. us... It's illegal to sell raw milk in a lot of states. I mean, you can find it. It's just illegal for, like, stores to sell. Right. But all, all store-bought eggnog is perfectly safe. It's pasteurized. Yeah. I think it's delicious. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I, ooh, last year, and I think they have it this year at the Kroger, too. Um, I got cinnamon eggnog. Ooh, so good. That's what you have to get. And I don't even need to like bourbon it up or nothing, no, to be honest with up. you. It's it's fine. It's, I think it's fine just as a nog. I don't think I've ever bourboned up nog. Oh, glory again. I've only we've bought We've bought Maker's Mark. I don't know if they still sell it, but we've in oh. past, I think Evan Williams has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Maker's Mark has one. And we've bought them in past, and they're fine. Yeah. But to tell you the truth, I like it just fine without the alcohol. Really it doesn't alcohol. need it. No. no, it's a nice little winter treat. Yeah, it's super thick and rich. Treat yourself. Yes, you can't drink a lot of it at once. At least no, 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 no. Like one glass, and I'm I'm good. Yeah, and at, I'm talking like even like a like a derby glass or yeah. something like a short you can't glass. Drink I'm gonna a, lot of a it pint. That <laughs> oh, <laughs> would be like drinking a pint of heavy cream. Yeah, oh, oh, but no, good history. I liked it. Yeah, so thanks. And that George Washington recipe is solid. (laughs) Yeah, just get you a buttload of different alcohols. So much cream. (laughs) It's a wonder that the United States has made it to 2023. (laughs) So those people were all sauced. Oh, yeah. And my favorite part is just leaving it. Uh, just leave it. Just leave it sitting for several days. <laughs> just keep tasting it till it tastes right. What's it supposed to taste like? I don't know. Uh, that George, Ugh. he was a real innovative. He man. was something. That's our first president. That's right. Though. Yeah. Well, but yeah, good, good, good history. Good yeah, history. Thank you. Applicable. Yeah. I thought so. 
Um, very applicable. And this is not applicable or a good segue at all, but I think we should just talk about what we're drinking. Let's do it. Yeah. So I finally am drinking fizzied up blackberry lemonade, mm-hmm. the Walmart waters. Not the flat one. Not the flat one. It's better fizzy. <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely better fizzy. Yeah. Still not super lemonade-y. Yeah. See, if something's going to be lemonade, Mm -hmm. I need to taste the lemon. No. It's very hint of lemon. Mm -hmm. I would say blackberry hint of lemon. Um, Speaking of lemonade, um, I was also reading on Spark.com that the next year's Summer Mountain Dew flavors have already been leaked. Ooh. And one of them is a lemonade flavor. Okay. And I'm very excited. Be on the lookout. And we'll be trying it next summer, 2024. There you go. Catch it. Yes. Um, well, I have a, a special release from um, our friends. I don't know anyone there, but I'll call them our friends at L81. Kentucky's um, own L81. Winchester, Kentucky's own. Um, I love an L81. Carrie's not a huge fan. Um, but they, apparently, before they were making ginger ale, they made a cola. So this is a Roxa cola made by G.L. Wayne Scott for Roxanne. It says right here on the Roxanne! <laughs> Roxanne! Give me the tickets! <laughs> if you watch Friends at all. Ah, oh, that's a weird... That was a good episode. Yeah, never seen it. Oh, it's good. Um, so what had happened was, so you know, I should tell you about this episode real quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ross has a kid mm-hmm. by his ex-wife, mm-hmm. who's a lesbian. So that's like a big storyline. Uh-huh. She left him for another woman. Mm-hmm. So then they live in this like apartment building that's kind of fancy, and then. They send the kids to school with Sting's son, you know, the singer uh, from the police. Uh-huh. And um, the the Sting was coming to town at a concert, and Phoebe really wanted tickets. So she, like, tried to get Ross to get his oh, ex-wife uh-huh. to make friends with Sting's wife mm-hmm. while they were picking up their kids at school, but it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. So then Phoebe acted like... She was Ross's kid. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then, um, like, played a whole long con and, like, made her way into Sting's apartment mm-hmm. and, like, kind of lightly stalked Sting's wife to get concert tickets. Mm-hmm. And um, then she ended up getting a restraining order put against her. Yeah. Even though Ross got them tickets finally at the end, she was like, well, do you think it's 500 feet away from the stage? Oh. <laughs> because I have to remain yeah, at least 500, 500 feet away. away from Sting at all times. Um, but that's... What she sings when she's trying to convince him to go get the uh, tickets. Ross King, gotcha. Give me the tickets. Gotcha. Anyway, All right. That was unnecessary, but yeah, it's a good episode. A good addendum. Um. So this is Roxacola, like we said, for a limited time only. It is the 121st anniversary of Wayne Scott flavors. Hmm. Um. So this is from 1906. And then it says on the back, before Kentucky wet its whistle with the crispiest ginger citrus soda ever created, L81, it had a predecessor. Before there was bracing pep or it glorifies, there was more than wet. Apparently that was the slogan for Roxacola. Weird. Yeah. And it says more than wet, like all it over does. this thing. It's, it's kind of weird. weird. Um, it all started with a love story. Roxacola is the soda our founder, G.L. Wayne Scott, lovingly created for his wife, Roxanne, in 1906. Without Roxacola, there is no L.A. one. After 55 years dormant, we pay homage and reinvigorate the delicious prequel, Roxacola, Wayne Scott's original. Share their love. So it's an interesting little bottle here. Looks like an RC Cola bottle, kind of. It does kind of look like an RC Cola. One might venture, I haven't had an RC Cola in a while. One might venture, it kind of a little bit tastes like it. Tastes like Pepsi. But it tasted like Pepsi to me. I had a sip of it. It tastes like Pepsi. It's fine. Yeah, I like it. It's good. It's not super sweet. Yeah. Which I like. Pepsi's like cloyingly sweet Mm -hmm. at this point. But yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, decent. Yeah, um, it is a limited time offering. They had already stopped selling it at Kroger, hmm. but they still had it at Walmart. Yeah. So if you're uh, at Walmart in Lexington or Winchester, one would suppose, um, check it out. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not and it terrible. Mixes well with bourbon. There you go. That's, that's all you all need, need, right? That's all, that is. That's all you need. Yep. Um, and this podcast should be all you need. To get you through the holidays. There you go. Yeah. Or at least till we re-record the next one. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. For another couple of weeks. Um, so if you want to hear this episode and all of our other episodes, um, you can check those out and our posts on Twitter and Instagram at HungryKY. You can send me an email, HungryKY at gmail.com. 
And then you can find the show wherever it is that you find podcasts. And we did cross the 10,000 downloads of Rubicon. So thank you for our listeners for that. If Um, I had a party popper, I would pull it. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I liked that sound effect, though. That was good. Um, So yeah. We do all our own mouth sounds. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) Make my own mouth sounds to carry the story. (laughs) Yes! I love it. Um, and if you want to see um, picture Hallmark Christmas movie, <laughs> making my own mouth sounds, making my own way in this in this life with my mouth sounds, <laughs> found true love through making mouth sounds. Anyway, um, yeah, if you want to see pictures from uh, this past weekend's uh, market that I went to in Manchester, check that out on uh, Instagram at Bluegrass Permanent Eats. And then you, we have a website that's very old, but if you want to see some old articles of places that no longer exist, check it out. <laughs> um So yeah, just go to all of our social medias. There'll be something there. And, and then where can we find you at, Carrie? On Twix at GRLS Beer Sports on Instagram or Facebook. We are everywhere. Good podcasts are free. Well, thanks again for listening to Hungry in Kentucky. And as always, stay hungry, Kentucky.